I'm like, I just, I didn't think coffee could be this good. Oh, I'm so happy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am starting a business. Okay? You're starting a business. I do want to build a creative uh, coffee shop. Oh, for interesting. Artist and and just a place where people can have coffee that's crafty and special, mm-hmm. but at the same time in the same space, take advantage of the creative juices that coffee gives you to stimulate your creativity. Wow. Okay. So like a place where I don't know maybe there are rooms, specific rooms where like people have games and things that are interactive outside of technology, but more like connecting to them, mm-hmm. like balls or colors and things and. They're using this as a, you know, they, they take, yeah. And also like conversation rooms, writing rooms, yeah, like spaces for people to create. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... I think that's it. Welcome, welcome, my friend. Welcome to the to this beautiful conversation. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, very, very excited. Yeah. Uh, we're enjoying some delicious cafecito, some delicious coffee. Um, yeah, it's something that's really mind blowing because I've only <laughs> I've only been drinking like you know iced coffee that's three dollars and kind of tastes like it was pulled out of the gutter. Um, and this is delightful. It's so good. <sighs> Thank you. Man. <laughs> this is one of my missions. I want to get all my friends into understanding and breathing the, the people who drink coffee, at least, to know that the, the, there's a culture to it, and right. it's not like it's something that maybe you do every day. But if you put a little bit of mindfulness into it, I mean, you can have a pleasurable experience, right? I think it only takes one cup. I think that you've convinced me. You know what I mean? You only got to do it once. Yes. <laughs> it only takes one cup. That's I'm gonna put that in the in the thing. And like, it only takes one cup. That's <laughs> yes. brilliant. That's brilliant. But okay, so joining me today is um, one of my great friends and a true creative. His name is Dylan, and. You know, Academy Award winner, writer, Definitely. and director. Yeah. Uh, also actor. <laughs> he does it all. Yeah, uh, I, got a, I got a very long multi-hyphenate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Emmy Award it? winner, Tony Award winner. I won a Pulitzer. <laughs> oh, that's true. Um, yeah. Weren't you nominated for the Nobel Prize too? Twice. Oh. Once, once for chemistry and once for like physics and medicine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're yeah. freaking smart. Thank I think mean, you went to college. I did go to college. He went to college. I'm a big college guy. <laughs> oh, great. Um, so how you been today, man? I've been good. Uh, I slept in today, which is mm. uh, a rarer thing for me nowadays. But, you know, it's mm-hmm. nice to enjoy it sometimes and yeah. just really be unconscious for a long period. Oh, yeah. Does it feel weird when you're, like, waking up every single day early and then, then you have one day where you're, like, giving yourself the slip in, but then you wake up later and you're, like, does it feel like you are late? Yeah, I think that there's always, like, a panic. <laughs> like, I look at my phone and it's, yeah. like, 10 a.m. and I go, oh, oh. Right. You know, I'm down two hours in my day, but I think it's important to remember that sometimes you need that. You know what I mean? Yeah, so much. Dude, I, I've been thinking about sleep a lot, too, and uh, how it affects you. Mm-hmm. Just chemistry-wise, your body heals. We know that, all that. Right. But, like, you just, your ideas are more congruent when you sleep. <laughs> That's a fact. Yeah, no, definitely. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Like when you have, a, you know, when you go a week where like you're not getting good enough sleep or you're having like 
bat night time sleep or like i don't know you're looking at your phone before you go to bed or whatever dude it, it's so interesting how it affects your day after yeah it's 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 so in, and i know that some people some creatives thrive in the 2 a.m period where mm -hmm. you know their better cognition has left them and it's just like animal instinct yes. you know what i mean but uh not for me i, no. <laughs> I think that i need no. that sleep i think well it varies you know like yeah. um yes they it happens at 2 a.m it's a quiet time but um they they wake up i mean Either you deprive yourself to sleep if you have to wake up early or you sleep in later. Yeah. So it's like kind of like the same equivalent. And also you can get that same quiet if you wake up at 5 a.m. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. There's also, they call it the Einstein gap or some shit like that. I don't, what is that? I don't yeah, know what that is. it's like, like a period of time in the morning while you wake up where your brain waves are so low and you're so relaxed that you're more open and able to... Uh, receive information okay but not necessarily information that's coming directly even from from a phone or from a book it's also from your divine and like your own soul <laughs> okay you, you got you got pretty good you know if you start reminiscing a little on what you think about and there's some crazy shit that you you have inside you know what i mean human brain is a powerful place yeah very powerful place and you've been like absorbing a lot without you even knowing you know what yeah I mean? Which is crazy. Um, anyhow, <laughs> I, I, I do. I did. I did want to. You were saying something at the beginning of the conversation that I that I that I want to bring up. Okay. That, that was. Um, it's really interesting. If you don't mind repeating it, it was about. <laughs> it was, <laughs> Throw this on me. You know, I got a terrible like, memory. No, no. It was about talking about how to act as an artist and how to act as a as a, oh right yeah. it's. The, the ever, you know, troubling premise as someone who wants to work in the arts, mm -hmm. or as a writer or a director or actor, especially mm -hmm. musicians, is that you have this thing that you're so passionate about and that you care so much about and you want to put all your heart and soul mm -hmm. into. Um, but as a human being living in the world, you also got to make money. Of course. Um, and wh where that balance is between Alan the actor and Alan the business manager yeah. or brand manager of Alan Corvaya. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, it's something that I think about a lot, especially as, yeah. you know, I'm graduating college and I got to go into the real world and start working sure. on stuff that yeah. um, it seems so stressful um, that it's such a big market. Yeah. Um, yeah. And this thing that you love sort of kind of goes up in the air about like its yeah. viability as a career. I don't know. How do you feel about it? About being an actor? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, I'm in the beginning phases. And, right. And, and, and who am I to say? But I've always had this sort of mantra in my life, which is um, you you can't change. If you if you know your nature, there's nothing that's going to take you away from your nature, especially if you already know what makes you passionate about, right? Like you're passionate about acting or expressing yourself in this certain ways. And I do believe that you don't have to... Uh, I read this in a book, too. It's called Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. I've mentioned it a couple of times in here and there in the podcast, I think. But um, the, the, she talks about not giving all this like economic pressure onto your creativity. Interesting. Because it works like this muse, in a way, sometimes. Uh, which I want to get to an idea that I've been starting... Okay, anyhow. Sorry. <laughs> but um, like a muse, right? So so like the more pressure you put into it, the more you try to like, oh, force this thing 
to like make you money. I have to make this many auditions and get this many roles so I can pay rent. Dude, it's not gonna fly. Yeah, it's not gonna fly. You're gonna become more creatively frustrated, and you're digging yourself in a hole. We know right. that, right? So she talks about like being okay with having a day day job, and and that's and working with that, and understanding that you need to make ends meet. Now, what I do say, and what I add to this philosophy is like, there are so many ways to make money today, and so many day jobs that you can still have fun in your day job making money. So like, I personally, my goal is to generate assets with the creative other the other other creative projects that i have for example um i want to start a, a like a design company that decide because i'm i'm like a part of me is passionate about that you know what i mean so i like i want to design clothes and and start selling them and i know that's going to generate income eventually you know? yeah totally and, and the, there's the coffee thing i am just naturally passionate about making coffee so why not work at a coffee shop learn more like work with people who know how to make like little things that are still adding to your life they're not taking away and then you're also still doing the thing that you love which is acting but i also um i i think that it, you you gotta you you know that like you, you just have to find more of those things that you're that you love because i know if you start listening to what people tell you and it's like you can be almost depressing be like, oh yeah, so I just have to be miserable and just stick with it. Yeah, for forty years, then I'll retire. I don't think you have to be miserable. Yeah. I don't personally think. I think you can find interesting ways of making money. Yes, you have to make ends meet. How, like, obviously, especially if you're living here and you're alone. So many things, you know. But it doesn't have to be. Uh, it doesn't have to take away from your life. Didn't you say you studied uh, journalism? I did. I mm -hmm. studied journalism in college. Interesting. Um, which was a very interesting, mm -hmm. interesting decision on my part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, well, um, when I applied to Loyola Marymount University, I was a film production major and I got in. I, I made this short film about divorce that was like, that was like five minutes. So long. like basically you did the pitch for marriage story. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I beat you to it. Noah Bombeck. I'm on your ass. Noah Bombeck. Um, <laughs> So I and I, I submitted it with my application, my high school grades, and I got in. Can I just say? Yes. LMU is a very competitive film school, and you got in. Just say that. Thank you. Thank you for doing my humble brag for me. I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but uh, I have a, an uncle who is a television producer, and I said I got in to LMU, and he goes, "Don't go. Do not go to film school. What? Do not go to film school." And I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Don't go." It um. The word of advice he gave me is that a lot of film schools teach production in a certain way. Mm. And then when these people go out into the industry, they think that A, because they knocked their senior thesis out of the park, that they're the next Steven Spielberg. And B, that the way that a production runs on a college campus is the same way that it runs at Warner Brothers. And he says that a lot of times film school graduates have to unlearn mm -hmm. what they learned in college and yeah. relearn what they learned uh, this is true uh, of a lot of just education. This is true of a lot of education. Um, and so he said, get a degree in like English or history or something. And I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, yeah. So I went to... So you literally did not take the... Film. I went to the University of Utah instead oh! for a year. And I lived with my friends from high school. 
uh, and I hated it. It just wasn't for me. It's a beautiful school, yeah. beautiful campus. If I skied and snowboarded and was really into oh, wow. mechanical engineering, it would have been a perfect place for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I do none of those things. Great. So uh, I decided to transfer to LMU, and I transferred. I was like, I should go to film school. And so I, they basically resubmitted my application for me. Mm. Um, but film production is a four-year program, mm. which I was unaware of at the time. So they kicked me to my backup major, which was journalism. Because when I applied as a, a, a college or a high school senior, I was like, ah, journalism seems fine. Right. Um, and now I'm graduating with a degree in journalism. You are. I am. Okay, but was that has that been? Re- I mean, it sounds interesting. It is interesting. Um, I think that I feel grateful that that I've studied journalism because I, I think it's made me a smarter consumer of media oh, and news. Um, and I think that it has... How so? Like, you know, you look now more... You're more aware of what you put into your system? I, I think so. Like when I read news or, like, I watch news, yeah. I am more reticent of what a spin looks like or, you know, what an angle is or... What's an angle? Like, when, when a reporter... This is something that's really prevalent on cable news with, like, the 24-hour news shows. Okay. Um, you bring a host on, we'll talk about an issue and they'll attack it from a certain angle. You know what uh, I mean? Like, uh, some, some news stations, for example, will be anti-climate change. Mm. They'll say it's not real. It's a ploy by whatever big government. That's the angle that they're taking on climate change. It's sort of like, yeah, taking a news out of context and then yeah. con- tailing it through their lens. Yes. Always. Um, because, because news ultimately is a business. Yeah. And so if you kind of print what whatever your readers, consumers want to hear, Damn. they'll continue to come back. Avoid cable news, I think, is the biggest takeaway from print isn't news it, is great. New York Times, like, okay. like New York BBC, Time. Reuters, okay. Associated Press, great journalism. Like if because if you run news 24 hours, like what what are you going to talk about for 24 hours? You know what I mean? Is that called yellow journalism as well? Yellow journalism, I think. Ooh, I should know this as a journalism. As a journalism, mm. it's, it's, it's fun. Um, like like attack journalism or slanderous journalism, uh, where okay. you know you attack someone directly, which is illegal uh-huh. or it can be illegal. Yeah, but still happens, huh? Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. Interesting. Oh yeah. TMZ gets in trouble for it all the time. Who? TMZ. Mm, yes, you know, because they print a lot of like celebrity gossip yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Suckers. Anyhow. Anyhow, we, we <laughs> okay. So, so you've 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 grasped a lot of things from journalism. It's helped me, I think, as a as a person and as someone who like lives in the U.S. Yeah. Um, it like has nurtured my soul in a way right. that I think I feel has made me wiser. Not necessarily in like a career standpoint, for from a personal standpoint. Yeah. And you are minoring in theater. Too. I am minoring in theater. Yeah, which I do want to talk about that. Okay. I've always find it really loving when people do choose to. To go for say yes to their passions, and yeah. I'm, and I'm curious what you particularly think about, like why so many people find it hard to say yes to their passions. Why do people find it hard to say yes to their passions? I think, um, the fear of failure, I think, is such a is a massive contributor because if I were to stop doing <clears throat> theater now, yeah, today. I would have had a great run doing theater. Okay. Um, I auditioned for a lot of great shows. I was in a lot of great shows. Um, my audition to cast ratio is so high. It will never be this high again oh, in my fantastic. life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think a lot of people 
like to quit when they're at the top. Oh, wow. Um, because then it's like, I was good at this and then I moved on. Huh. You know what I mean? But if I were to go out into the world now and bomb auditions for 35 years, yeah. I'm no longer the uh, successful, quote unquote, successful actor that I was in college. Hmm. And I think that a lot of people like to cling on to, they like take their victories. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's almost like an illusion though. It is. Because then you're living on that illusion for the rest of your life. And it's almost creates more frustration because you never know what would have happened if you actually went all the way. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you this right off the <laughs> bat, you sucker. Uh, you're not going to take 35 years to like even, oh man, it's going to take you way less than that. So I hope you know that. I like, appreciate it. No, no, no. But it's like, it's just a fact. Um, I think I could kill in my 40s. I think I like dude, I would be a great actor in my 40s. Anyone can kill in their 40s. <laughs> That's so cheap. Come on, give yourself five years to like. Go. Of course, do it for, because you love it. Yes. But like, I mean, also don't 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 put your expectations down on the floor. Either, totally, totally. Right? Um, Denzel Washington says this a lot, but it's like, if you hang around the barber shop a lot, it eventually you're gonna get a haircut. Yeah. So it's true, dude. You're yeah. going to keep there scrapping, scrapping, and then someone's going to be like, oh, fuck. Also, you already have tons of friends yes. who are like involved in themselves. They're very blessed about it. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, oh, do you think I'm not going to tell you for a project? Like, call <laughs> you? Like, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Yes. I think that it's all, it's all about, you know, love and connecting with people. Yeah. And that's probably the most important thing. Which is such an interesting thing that I've also been reminiscing the past few days of like, how uh, is how many people come into your life and how specific those people are to your life's path. Isn't that crazy? I know. It's like a big web. Right. It's like a big web and everyone kind of connects to each other and creates this this like network of love and like I meet you and yeah. then through you I meet somebody else that becomes important to me in yeah. the world like a triangle. And dude, it can be also like <laughs> a one day a one night meeting that you had like and then that guy or that person just out of nowhere texts you the other day hey uh are you open for this or hey i want you to introduce you to yeah like someone that you've might have just met in passing which is also crazy yeah even people in passing it's just and also let's not even talk about the quote-unquote toxic people you have in your life that also right. teach you lessons yes that i don't think now i do want to drive away from that word toxic because i don't feel like I want to like, I don't know. I feel like calling someone toxic is also, it's a, it's a two double edged sword. Cause then what's that? What, what does, what frees me from not being a toxic person either? You know what I mean? Like I can be toxic to someone. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's very difficult to, this is something that I think difficult in general to, to perceive someone as their whole self, because like, you know, you entirely because you are you and I know me entirely. And we can be so close, but I can never know you as well as you know you. Of course. So, you know, someone that is, to use the bad word, toxic, mm -hmm. that might just be a bad point in their life or, right. you know, a, a side of themselves that they put up as defense or, mm -hmm. you know, something that happened to them in their childhood that changes yeah. the way that they act. But yeah. it's just a person trying to be a person in the world. Yeah. You know? Yeah, we're all just trying to... Trying to live. Trying to live. Yeah. Um. But coming back to the question then uh, that, that we, were, we were saying, so, so fear of failure, huh? I think that's a big contributor <clears throat> Yeah. Um, because, I don't know, I think people are afraid to disappoint themselves. I think people yeah. are afraid to disappoint each other, yeah. like your family or your friends, mm -hmm. I think is a big one. 
Um, I feel like every actor is like, yeah. I want to be an actor. And their parents are like, what are you talking, what are you talking about? <laughs> right. What about what happened to law school? I right. To be like right, a rocket right, scientist. Right. right. What, and then let me ask you this. What made you, well, I think we talked about this at some point. What made you really just go for it? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the, what really made me go for it was um, your good friend and mine, Blake Weiss. Really? Yeah. Because um, <clears throat> I did, I did a play in high school mm-hmm. uh, because my twin flame childhood best friend jack was was this is true it's true we're like the same person it was like the it guy at our high school he was so talented he was so good i remember seeing his plays and being like i want that looks so fun i want to do that and i did a couple of plays in high school and i had a great time but then i was like okay i'm done that's it i'm Mm. done like i had my moment you know it was fun i'm gonna go and try to work or something now and i transferred to lmu and uh, i auditioned for Arturo Louis. There was the rise of Arturo Louis, yes. which is where I met you. Yes. Um, and I remember auditioning mm-hmm. and feeling okay about it. Um, I was scared because Jim, Jim Holmes. <laughs> it was like him uh, and a panel of people. Yeah. And I come in and I do my slate and I do my little audition that I found on like monologues.com. Yeah. Uh, and he goes, thank you. And I was like, yeah. Oh, just just for so context, hard. this is a teacher in our school. and Yeah. Jim Holmes, he can be a little intimidating as well. I was terrified. Yeah. Um, but I got the call back and I was so excited about it. Yeah. And I showed up to uh, one of the rooms at the theater building in our school. Yeah. And I was terrified. Yeah. Terrified in that callback because, you know, actors, uh, when they get around each other, are so vivacious and loud and energetic. Yeah, it's almost like they're putting up a and I was I remember literally sitting in the corner of the room clutching my old dog's burrow side going I don't know what this means he's talking about cabbage you know what I mean he doesn't have a first name um you try to ask someone and they're like so in character and you're like like, I'm sorry I'm sorry I don't know I don't know um and I ended up being in that show thankfully um which was terrifying Mm -hmm. because uh Jim was like, I need you to be old and have an accent and yeah. wear a fat suit. And I was like, I don't know how to do any of those things. Right. Um, but he was very gracious and he worked with me a lot. Great. Um, but I remember we were, you were there actually for this moment. Okay. We were downstairs in the green room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was putting on that super heavy old age makeup. Yeah, we had to wear like, you know, the, the impressionist, yeah. the triangles under my eyes. Shit, yeah. Um, and I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this. You know, this is fun, but I don't, this is intense. And Blake goes, I think that, you know, my friend Giselle is directing the show um, <laughs> over at the student theater. And I think that you might be a good fit for that show. You should audition. And I said, really? He said, yeah, I think you're really good. And I went, <gasps> and my, it was like my little heart fluttered. I was like, really? Oh, um, wow. So I signed up and I auditioned for The Nerd. And that was my big... I want to do this because yeah. that show was so wonderful. Working and it was on the so nerd. fun. So fun. Dude, I even get goosebumps just thinking about your performance because like that show in and of itself was so beautiful. Like, and it was such a time period, like right before the pandemic, there was something brewing in the air and you guys gave this such a lovely show and everyone in the cast was super talented. This is very talented, very sexy cast, very good looking. Yeah, Everyone yeah. is so good looking. Yeah. Oh, please, let me serve you more if, if, if you're out of I would love some more this delicious juice. <laughs> um, yeah, there is something about... Um, well, I'm, I'm happy that you're, you've decided to uh, Thank you. realize your potential. Thank you very much. I think that um, I've been blessed by a, a lot of good friends and 
teachers yeah. and friends who were teachers to me mm. um, that really helped me. Mm. Amen. To, let's cheer to that, actually. I want to toast to that, to those beautiful pe- people that shape your path. Cheers. That's so good. That's um, a damn good cup of coffee. Yeah. Um, I do want to ask, well, now that we're talking, and uh, we did have fun doing, we did something together this summer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, huh? Um, Which one are you talking about? <sighs> okay. Um, We've worked a lot together. Yes, yes. The, the first summer, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, on bathing. Yes. I first want to ask, how and and please be as honest. I'm, you're not gonna break my heart. I yeah. promise. Like you can be as brutally honest as you want. But how would you describe that project, that unbathing thing that happened? How would I just like the whole the whole thing? Yeah. What was that for you? I'm so curious. Um, when we started unbathing, I was terrified. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> because, um, yeah. Okay. Because uh, we had done our tour together. And I was like, Alan, it's crazy method. He's like, you know, he's got this, sure. you know what I mean? And then I got the call back for on bathing for the new works festival, which is like a one act festival at uh, LMU. Mm-hmm. And I got cast with Riley, 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 the beautiful, wonderful Christy Riley Jones, who oh. I worked with during the nerd. Yes. Um, and I, we read the show and I was like, I got to be in like boxers in front of all my friends. Yeah, um, and I was like, for a moment, I was like, what did, What's happening? What? How did I get here? I was, you know what I mean. It's like I'm the kind of I'm a journalism major, and I'm gonna be like naked in front of everyone that I know, sitting in a bathtub, sexting. Yeah, um, that's insane. <laughs> and, but so we had we had started the rehearsal process, and it was really wonderful being here with Riley because Riley is yeah. someone that I'm so comfortable with. Right. Um, and you were a great, great director for our, those warm-ups. And, you Thank know, we you. did the age exercise and the. Oh yeah, that was so fun. I think that a, a lot of acting and theater especially when you're beginning is getting over the fear of like your perception how people perceive you yeah because i don't think that three years ago i would have ever run around the room chasing someone with a stapler Mm. and like making animal noises yeah um but i was like yeah i'm down with this yeah do you know what i mean fuck it fuck it you know what i mean (laughs) so we had started the process and i was having a lot of fun and i was like beginning to get over my anxieties with the show, yeah. you know, and I was really excited about it. And right. then COVID happened. Yes. Yes. And we all got sent home and on bathing. I think at that point transformed from sort of a, a show, a one act to sort of like a, an exercise and like a long form meditation that took place over a few months. And I remember this, this one exercise that you led which I had never done before, um, where we had to play actors. Mm. Um, I think that I was specifically Jake Gyllenhaal from Nightcrawler, yes. and Riley was Meryl Streep from Mamma Mia, and you had us talk to each other. <laughs> and we went an hour in a Zoom room yeah. in character. And that's something that was so... It was fun. Like, I yeah. was like... Because in the, I think somewhere in the back of my mind, I was like, "Where, where was this going?" Do you know what I mean? Is Alan wants to come to a conclusion, but it was really like a long exploration, and I think that that's yeah. kind of what on bathing became as a whole was like a very long exploration, which was cool. 
I'm so happy that you describe it like that, and also like as a form of long, like long form of meditation, because it was it also felt like that to me doing this exercise with you, because it ceased to become a show. Like after when the pandemic happened, and they were like, okay, you guys are going home, and you're not coming back for an indefinite period of time. It's like oh, so like the whole aspect of like okay, now you're gonna put up something to show, it's gone. Yeah. So it's almost like. Are we drifting now? Are we like in space and like gravity mode? But then like as we went by and I started to meet and meet and like we had like sort of this commitment to each other, which I really appreciate from all of you. It became like this sort of creative exploration. And I don't know if it, this was for you, but for me, it was so much fun to like the world is changing. There's crazy shit happening. But I get like an hour to just meet during the summer just because we want to because we're artists to just have do weird shit. It was very, very helpful to me. Yeah. Um, it was nice to like connect. Right. And even though it was, you know, looking through a, through a screen, I thought, I felt like the best way I can describe it, which might sound a little crazy is that I feel like we could make eye contact through the zoom screen. Yeah. Um, which was, it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it, it felt so nice and it was really fun and I'm really glad we did yeah. it. Um, and I do, and I do feel like it was that. It was just that I don't feel like I, I'll ever. I don't feel like we will ever do that show on a stage. I don't feel like that. I don't know. Maybe you do. But, um, <laughs> I think you're probably right about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just feel like it was a moment in time. And yes. That was it. Yeah. But then I'm happy that when we got to collaborate with my name is, and that was actually yes, that it ended up being something that we showed to people. Yes, I think that that my name is or not my name is on bathing. Um, you, you like my dinner with Andre? My what? My dinner with Andre, the movie. The two guys that sit at the table. The uh, Wallace, Sean, and... Oh, I haven't seen it. I've um, heard of it. You, Alan, oh, you're going to love it. this movie. Okay, it's it's it. just two gentlemen who sit together at a dinner. And one of them is an artist. And the other ones... They're both playwrights, I think, maybe. Um, I and they, haven't seen and it. And they just talk. And it's so... Like... I was so glued to the screen. And this one actor talks about like all these crazy meditations he did. And he went to this like forest in Europe and like a hundred people and they would dance and sing and act. And the other guy's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, I think you'd really, really like it. But oh, yes, I think out. that um, a lot of on bathing felt very similar to what he talked about in my dinner with Andre. It's just, it's just an exploration. Yeah. Soul nurturing. Wow. Beautiful. Uh, and, and I do. And I hope that you know that I'm asking you just because. I, I, you know, now that time has gone by, it's also like, yeah, how did that, how was that? Because sometimes you go through these experiences and maybe in the moment they feel bittersweet, but in hindsight, they're good or vice versa. Maybe they felt good, but then in hindsight, it was like, what the fuck? What the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, the, this leads me to, um, I think one of the, I guess, final points that I wanted to touch upon, um, which is, uh, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a funny question, but okay. I'm curious, what, what, how does your morning routine look like? My morning routine? Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. So typically what my morning routine is, is it's changed as of late. Okay. Um, I wake up around 7.45 in the morning. Um, I go downstairs and I go to the gym and I do cardio for about a half hour. Oh, nice. Uh, I come back up, I shower, I make breakfast, which is two eggs and English muffin and like 
a berry smoothie, and then do I, you have the same breakfast repetitive? Same breakfast every day. Wow. And then I go to whatever activity I have for the day. Usually it's work, um, or I go to class. At what time? So, like, say, how much time do you take to this? This, this to takes like twelve. This ritual takes like yeah, hour and a half, two hours. Wow. Hour and a half, hopefully, ideally. Do you feel like doing this? I mean, prepares you for the day. Like I think so. I think that um, it's a lot better than just kind of like rolling out of bed 30 yeah. minutes before I gotta go wherever I gotta go. Yeah. Um, and I think that it has been very instrumental in like helping my mental health. Absolutely. And, like that, the routine is really awesome. Yeah. I very heavily recommend doing cardio in the morning. Oh, that's interesting. And it's it's interesting because like waking up and doing cardio right away, your blood pressure is low. So like people say it's like dangerous, but I yeah. guess if you, I mean, you wake up, you brush your teeth, I assume. Yeah. Like that gives you time to also wake up your muscles. And yes, stretch a little bit first. Stretch. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, I've been also thinking about how like routine helps people in their. I feel like we're we're creatures of habit. Yeah. Agreed. And, and like when we play in or tap into healthy habits, I mean it can it can push your I think your your I don't know your journey a little help aid your. Yes. Journey. Yeah. I do keep as well like a like a strict routine. But what's your morning routine like? The, um. I wake up early as well, and I like to, well, I do my bed. That's like the first thing. Mm -hmm. And then after I wash my face, I meditate and I stretch. And that usually takes me about an hour. And then I journal, and then I make coffee. And that's like sort of the end of the ritual. And then later I have breakfast. But if I don't have those two hours and in the morning, it's like I just feel so off balance. And Totally. And not looking at my phone. I don't like looking at the phone my first two hours of the day. Interesting. I do not. Because <laughs> it's such a like uh, injector of, uh, for me, no, I don't know if it's for you, but I just, as soon as I look at the phone, it, I get like a shot of stress or like a shot of, mm, whoa, this is, everything's happening. Yeah. Very intense stimulus. Yes. Yeah. And I don't need that in the morning, honestly. That's probably very smart. That's very, very smart. <laughs> Are you thinking like, oh, maybe I should. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wake up and I like turn on a podcast, the news podcast. Mm. And I'm like, what hap what's happening today? Mm. Um, it's so easy, though. That's the yeah. thing. Like today, you that didn't happen to you 10 years ago. That's true. You were younger, of course. But yeah. like also, it's like it wasn't accessible like yeah. that. Like now you can literally. And that's also like, I think what uh, have you heard about practicing boredom? No, I don't know about this. Um, so essentially, we're so stimulated right now. Like our screen time average right now in America, it's like around nine to ten hours, eleven. That's like all your day, basically. That's yeah. all your day. Um, practicing boredom means abstaining from stimulus. Okay. And literally being bored, and letting the boredom breed creativity because boredom is such a cushion for creativity. It's like come here. So like practicing boredom can be something like maybe the in the middle of the day after you're done with work you don't look at the tv i don't know you take an hour or two hours no phone you sit and you let while you sit be bored and let ideas come to you and then act upon those ideas i think that you should act upon the like i did i've been practicing it and it's like interesting because the ideas that come and like the things that you start doing oh my god you're like pulling from the subconscious like right you write poems or like you do this or like it just starts to come out of nowhere you organize da, 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 da. but you're so wired and like at the same time you're cleansing all the noise that you constantly put yourself or even something that's like eating 
like every time you eat, not looking at your phone. Yeah. This is something I'm practicing. Mm. It's so hard because you feel <laughs> anxious and you're eating and then you start eating fast so that you can look at your phone. But no, no, no. You eat and then you just hear the silence. Just enjoy the food. Taste the flavors. It's an interesting thing to think about. It's a good exercise in being present. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. Thank you so much, bro. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. I'm very excited about it. I listened to all the episodes in preparation. So. Oh, yay. Um, well, if you would like to end this podcast with, I don't know, do you want to like improvise some words? Just like a speech? Like a, I don't know, a you, poem, a spoken word. Uh, I don't know. What do you feel like doing? Uh, just like, send us off with a nice little note. Okay, let's, um, let me think of a little, little message here. Mm-hmm. Um, I am someone who is always a student, and I will be a student for the rest of my life. It's something that I've heard talked about from the masters, um, men like Alfred Hitchcock and Kira Kurosawa, saying that they've never felt like they mastered what it means to be a filmmaker, to be a director, to be a creative, uh, which is crazy because they're probably the best ever. And I think that that's a healthy mentality and a great mentality to have as someone who wants to you know, work and create and live is that you always learn. You learn from your friends, you learn from your peers, you learn from the art you consume, what you read. Every time you write a letter down on a page, it's one more letter of experience in your repertoire. So I think that my takeaway and my send off is don't forget to be a student and don't forget to learn. And that's, I think, what the key is to a good life. Thank you so much, brother. Beautiful. Honored to be here. Are we gonna hug across this corner table. Thank you for that. Thank you. I'm nominated for my third Tony. Please vote. <laughs> <laughs>